0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on episode two of Viewpoint. On this episode, we have Claire Steeman. Hi. Uh, She is an absolutely wonderful person. That's (laughs) too nice. She is kind of well-versed in a whole lot of things. She is a jack-of-all-trades, and uh, we are going to get to know things from her point of view. So, Claire, if you want to introduce yourself real quick.
1: Hi, I'm Claire. I'm a person (laughs) who does many things like to write most specifically, and um, you're right, and say I'm a jack of all traits, I just really like to know everything I possibly can know, so mm-hmm. that's like a really good, that's a really good description of me. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, no, but I, I think that being a modern Renaissance person is is something to kind of strive for today, because, all right, this is, this is getting kind of deep already, but Go this, for it. Is, this is Love where Jeff. this is where my mind is right now. Let's hear it. Um I feel like with the, the whole internet and, and social media and everything like that, mm-hmm. your attention is everywhere, right? right? It's the most, it's like the hottest commodity that you can possibly like latch onto. And so getting your attention kind of dispersed across all things because it's trying to be pulled there anyways, um, I think is the best thing that you can do. And, and knowing just a little bit about everything mm-hmm. so that you can be as well-rounded as possible is, is something to strive for. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: an interesting takeoff.
0: Yeah. Um, So, I met Claire through her brother, but also through band, right? Probably.
1: I'm sure we were there at the same time.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were in high school.
1: (laughs) I played the flute. Mm -hmm. And I played the drums. I was average. (laughs)
0: Um, So, yeah. I mean, I really wanted to sit down with Claire, not only because she has such a wide array of interests, but... um, she was actually one of the, the very first people that I reached out to when I was thinking about starting a podcast. Um, so I just, I don't know, I felt like a depth of gratitude that I need, like not only that I, like I needed to reach out to you and, and, and express my thank you, but... I just thought you would be an amazing guest. So, are you ready to dive into this? I'm
1: sorry. I love diving into
0: this. Okay. So, one of the things that, like, when I think of you and I think of your interests, one of the most prominent things is your interest in fashion. Yes. And I think that, I mean, anyone can really have an interest in fashion and it's something that's so wide uh, that people can have their own niche and the things that they're interested in. What are some of the things in fashion that interest you most?
1: I have one... Large interest in fashion. Okay. and it's that the way we communicate with our clothing. Okay, I actually did a lot of like work on this in school. And mm-hmm. um, and I ended up studying the pantsuit for my senior like thesis, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um. For me, fashion. A lot of people think it's um, it's shallow. Uh, it's consumerist, and they're right about both of those things. But also, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not only those things. It's a social way of communicating to one another, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times people forget that, even though it's they do it all the time. So yeah. when you meet someone, you look at them, you go, "This is what they have on." You immediately log it into your mind, you categorize it into certain, you know, ideas of wealth, of status. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's logged into a a, a bank of social capital, and you're yeah. gonna look at it, and you're gonna think about it, no matter who you are, even if yeah. you think you're the sweetest person in the world. Mm-hmm doesn't matter you judge them yeah so for me the joy of fashion comes in the way we talk to each other by what we look like
2: yeah totally And
1: i love playing around with different like costumes mm-hmm. and like dressing like this one day or, like this another day just pushing the boundary forever until mm-hmm. you know like example the other day at work um someone was like we had a day where it was like one of my i just changed jobs so mm-hmm. i came to this day and they were like oh today was dressed out of your comfort zone day but i didn't know about that obviously mm-hmm. and i was thinking to myself like what would be out of my comfort zone and i actually don't know like i'm yeah. not sure uh-huh. that i would say no <laughs> to much mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me that's, that's just the joy of
0: yeah. fashion no and i think that's i think that's so true um, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about that is like at least from a men's fashion perspective like suits have always just been yeah. like workwear for for however long it's been um but then everyone got up in a riot when people started wearing sneakers with suits.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's pretty cool. I mean, if you can pull it off and it's, like, tailored the right way and all that kind of stuff, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. But, like, the traditionalist is like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're wearing sneakers with suits and all this. But it's, again, it's an expression and it, it definitely sends a message as mm-hmm. well. It's um, like an
1: art form, too. So when yeah. you mix media, like, I don't know, if you mix media in... I would think even traditional art, like if you're Picasso and you're mm-hmm. creating cubism, but kind of not because there's another guy involved in that that everyone forgets. But anyway, mm-hmm. Picasso was creating cubism and he was like, I see your realistic painting and I raise your person split up into a bunch of geometric shapes. it's mm-hmm. well, not how people are supposed to be drawn or mm-hmm. look like, but he yeah. just makes me a safer fashion. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I totally think that's the case. Yeah. I think that can even be um, taken back into a larger scope of like, more of an anthropological study of, of how cultures are formed and how impressions are, are passed down through generations and how mm-hmm. certain mindsets are just right put into people without them even realizing it.
1: Yeah, you're born into a cultural set of rules. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to be a rebellious teenager and go, I don't live by any rules. Sorry, <laughs> you live by rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. So yeah, once you break them, it becomes a new form of saying something.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, speaking of breaking rules, mm-hmm. I think that Um, one of the events that seems to push the boundaries and and break rules all the time um, and set these new trends is New York Fashion Week. I think that's a huge event and it's something that a lot of people really look after and look towards as being the trends for the next couple of years or this Mm -hmm. season or next season and seeing the great items that people are creatively putting out there. Mm -hmm. I know that you've actually been fortunate enough to go and visit some of the times at New York Fashion Week. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like and and how do you think you've learned from it? What do you think, um, being in the perspective that you were at, what do you think it it taught you and it showed you?
1: Okay. So fashion week, (laughs) it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, actually my first fashion week was in Paris. Um, and then I came back to New York and was in New York again Mm -hmm. this past winter. Um, fashion week is kind of dying. Um, so it is like a big cultural bastion, but mm-hmm. in terms of where we actually get trends, it's actually not on the runway. Maybe, okay. Maybe a mainstream mm-hmm. person would get, yeah, that's where your friends will trickle down from, but most mm-hmm. fashion designers will take from current art, will take from street stylists. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, they'll probably take what's selling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so whatever so-and-so blogger is going to wear, um, they are going to make
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um I mean, what I learned from that is how to just BS my way through everything. Mm-hmm. It was already something I had to do a lot, but it's on a whole different level when you have to pretend you're somebody. Because uh-huh. at Fashion Week, you really just have to commit to thinking you're somebody. Because if you don't, you'll get nowhere. Like That's You want to get the building. Mm-hmm. You just have to be like, I'm here and I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, I snuck into things. I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be in. I just, like, went in. Yeah. And I was like, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> um, and it's just what you kind of have to do. And you have to really have a bulletproof... Exterior, or mm-hmm. it will drag your soul into the ground. It's not it. it just, it really My first New York fashion book, I thought I was never going to go back because <clears throat> I really hated it. Like, I was like, yeah. screw this consumerist bullshit. i mm-hmm. like, oh, I to swear in this? I think you're fine, yeah. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. try not to do a lot. But, <laughs> um, you know, screw this because it's just, it's draining. It's just mm-hmm. draining to try to pretend not to care while everybody's eyes are always looking at you and mm-hmm. judging you and sizing you up, which yeah. is. Which what was the joy of fashion for me? The social mm-hmm. communication. Yeah. When it's at its worst, might be where you're trying to gain status by your clothing. Yeah. So if you don't have, mm-hmm. like, example, Paris. Mm-hmm. I would just wear all black to everything. Black turtleneck, black pants, mm-hmm. black shoes, black bag, black coat. Yeah. My coat was ten dollars from Old Navy. You could tell because mm-hmm. I was sitting next to so and so in Gucci. Mm-hmm. The quality is obvious. Oh yeah. Um. So it's really hard to pretend to look expensive when you just don't look expensive. <laughs> so uh, that was something I'd overcome for sure. Yeah. I love Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. It's just a completely complicated beast, and if you are in the fashion world, you know that it's actually probably on its way out.
0: That's really interesting, because mm-hmm. like at least from my perspective and my viewpoint, shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the whole, it's, it's the pinnacle of what fashion is and what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think it's interesting from that perspective that you think it's just completely dying out.
1: Well, high fashion's a farce, um, yeah. and it has to just maintain the aura of exclusivity and they opened it up. Mm-hmm. So they allowed people in that they never would have allowed it. Fashion mm-hmm. was for buyers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: before fashion it was just, you came to showroom and you saw so and so. is like, I don't know, Dior, 50s Dior. Mm-hmm. He went into his showroom. He went, here are my things, and you're important enough to be here. There's 12 people here.
2: Yeah. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And then, oh, I'm a buyer. I'm going to buy this business.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well.
1: Then you get to your customers. Maybe if they're very rich, if they're Audrey Hepburn, they know Dior. Yeah. Nobody else knows Dior. So, I mean, that happened. And then in the 60s, you got, like, runway shows and da-da-da-da, 90s, Bryant Park, huge deal. Mm-hmm. I think Naomi Watts, not Naomi Watts, sorry, Naomi Campbell and okay. supermodels. Do you know them? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, that was huge. Mm-hmm. But then in recent years, something happened, and it was called the Internet. Yeah. Um, And like every industry... Too much exposure ruined this industry. Okay. So democratization of information, and access to things, while mm-hmm. amazing, yeah, also ruins things that were already there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that the thing itself is dead. doesn't mean fashion's dead. Mm-hmm. It just means it moves somewhere else. So um, we used to be a season ahead in fashion. Mm-hmm. So if I went to September Fashion Week, it would be for the... Um, Spring, summer next year. Okay. So it wouldn't be for the upcoming fall, winter. We yeah. We did that. We just did that. Mm-hmm. So we were always ahead because yeah. we need to know about it, write about it, buy it, mm-hmm. bring it to a store. Totally. Then you do it. Right. Buy it yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, now it's confusing because different designers will show for this season mm-hmm. and a different designer will show next season all in the same fashion week. Um,
0: yeah. That is confusing. It's
1: really weird. Yeah. A lot of people are from New York moved to Paris. Mm-hmm. If they don't come to New
0: York anymore. Yeah. New
1: York's really suffering, actually. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, that's that's crazy. a really long, like <laughs> No, no, I think but I think that's so interesting. Um because a, a, like a lot of the quote fashion that I would be more like accustomed to or more familiar with is, is sort of like the streetwear sort mm-hmm. of industry. Super right now. It's kind of blowing up, but it's I I, I think She's that also a
1: farce, don't buy into oh, it. Oh
0: my god. It's crazy. <laughs> like you, people are buying gilding quality t-shirts mm-hmm. that have a logo on it mm-hmm. for 500 plus you're
1: dollars you're being robbed blind you're I not know. even blind you're being robbed to your face
0: yeah like, like you are consciously buying into it and you know that it's a farce mm-hmm. but people do it anyways status yeah and I think that's that's interesting going back to the conversation that we were having before
1: mm-hmm.
0: um what do you what impact do you think the internet had on fashion
1: Got to go on and on for five hours yeah um for me, in a lot of ways, it made fashion more boring. Okay. Um, maybe not, though, because mm-hmm. it wasn't super alive before all of this.
0: That's true. It was
1: super not alive. <laughs> um, but when I go on Instagram and I'm scrolling through bloggers and mm-hmm. such or whatever, if I'm on YouTube, if I'm anywhere where those people who are supposed to represent fashion labels, even high-end bloggers, which there are mm-hmm. of, um, they all look the same. Yeah. And it's because they're marketing materials. They're mm-hmm. not like people anymore. Mm-hmm. They're a billboard. Yeah. Um and a trend sells. So like example, what's in right now? Um, something called the like the, the Jean Damas look. Okay. So Jean Damas is like this Parisian rich girl who's mm-hmm. like, I love her. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's easy. She's so French. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to look like her. So everyone's doing this hairstyle, right? Yeah. And uh, button up dresses that look like they were for the summertime, they're like the cotton material. Or mm-hmm. those wrap shirts, which, after I say this, now look around the summer. Mm-hmm. Tell me you don't see 500,000 wrap shirts. It's yeah. Like, Everyone's wearing the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really boring. It is. And it's hard not to fall into the same pattern because we all want to be cool,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but we're trying to be different mm-hmm. but we end up looking the same. Yeah. So it really sucks mm-hmm. because I don't like going on and looking at something because it feels like what it's nothing interesting and then you look mm-hmm. the photos doctor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's huge and and from my perspective like I I think that college is the breeding ground of that in a way like on a, on a college campus there's so much consistency in what people wear. Mm-hmm. Um on Mondays, you can always expect sweatpants. And then on Friday nights, you can always expect people in jeans and, and white sneakers and this and that. And I, I think it's it's so it's so weird. You just see everyone kind of dressing the same in I mean, little it's inversions. It's completely
1: natural, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, people want to be a part of the group. Evolutionarily makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as a way of not going insane because mm-hmm. of your own like, self-actualization. You want to be like I'm part of this, and therefore my identity is this, this, and this, right? Yeah, it's easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we do that. That's just what we do, and it really sells well. So no one's gonna say no.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think like with the whole expansion of the internet and how Instagram became as huge as it is, you see one person post a picture and you, and they're wearing like. This, this, and this, and you're like, wow. Well, like maybe I can wear that, and I can be like this person. Yeah. And and it's almost like, it's almost like the the material is reflecting the immaterial characteristics of that person. Yeah. And it's it's so. That's
1: exactly it. It's
0: so fascinating.
1: That's that's advertising in a nutshell. Yeah. So in your lifestyle. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. I, I, it's 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 weird when you put it out into words like that because I don't think too many people really realize it.
1: I think they realize it, but they don't want to think about it. Because yeah. when you think about it, you have to go, uh-oh, should I be doing this? Yeah. You need to question what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's hard.
0: Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Um, so sort of switching gears, um, I know that you obviously have a podcast as well. I do. Mm-hmm.
1: It's called Anywhere Pretentious. Find it on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Yeah.
0: You should really check it out. It's fantastic. Thank
1: you.
0: Um, what was the whole idea behind getting into podcasting? What was the... The initial thing that made you like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it.
1: couple of things. First, I did not want to pay for Spotify. hmm <laughs> So I was like, I have to walk from my house to campus, and there's no mm-hmm. Wi-Fi in between, mm-hmm. and I don't want to pay for that to So I started downloading podcasts, and I just like was on Buzzfeed once. and it was like, sounds and I guess you should listen to it." And I was like, "I'll oh, just try them." <laughs> and I tried one called My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. And wow, I fell in love with that podcast real fast and true Mm -hmm. crime. And now I know way too much about death. (laughs) I <laughs> talk about it to people who don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. It's very interesting for me. New interest. Yeah. Um, I almost went <clears> to <throat> trivia night, too, with my true of knowledge. Ooh,
0: there you go. That's
1: right, guys. You want to trivia, you better suck up knowledge. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, I really love podcasts. Like I just love podcasts. And I also was involved in radio in college since, like, sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And I had done a radio show with my friend Allison Beer, who you know. Yeah. Who's often a guest in my podcast. <laughs> um, and I found I really loved it. And I almost had, like, a natural, just, like, it worked. Yeah. Like voice worked, and mm-hmm. I felt like it made sense, and I wasn't awkward in front of it. I was like, this, yeah. right here. Uh-huh. So then I was like, what do I make a podcast about? Like, what the hell do I know, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know enough about fashion to sit here and, like, go on it. Honestly, I probably do, but uh-huh. <laughs> at the time I was like, I don't think I know enough about uh-huh. fashion. Um <clears throat> And then I was like, what? Like, what in essence could I just, like, talk about? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, these true crime people, they always talk about true crime, so it makes sense to do a true crime podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, but what did I love? Um, And it took me a long time to figure it out. I had a few other ideas. Glad I scrapped them. They probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But sometimes you have a few ideas. Mm -hmm. I finally pulled the trigger when I remembered that I just, I've always wanted to have a real-life version of the 18th century. I hmm It's hard to think of what centuries are. Eighteenth century Mm -hmm. Parisian salons during the Enlightenment period. I have a particular fascination with that time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and I was like, I want to recreate a salon. Like I've always wanted parties where people come over and Mm -hmm. we would talk in depth about like what is life? (laughs) You know. Uh Stuff like that, which I don't know how many people would indulge me, but you know, I found a group. Mm -hmm. I thought, why don't I make that in a podcast form? And I'd guess and they're my salon. So mm-hmm. I was going to do that, but that podcast name was Ticket, and I ended up with Melange, which is some stupid fake name, mm-hmm. which means mix in French. Um, and Allison was on my first episode. We were talking about something, mm-hmm. and we were deep into a glass of rosé. Mm-hmm. And she, I just laughed and, like, self referentially, critically said, Anyway, we're pretentious. You know, we're just, we're just yeah. pretentious. Uh-huh. So people love to call me pretentious, mm-hmm. which I do have a lot of pretenses, <laughs> but um, I don't think of pretentious in the way they mean. <laughs> um, so I said, Oh my God, we should name a pocket In the middle of the first episode, she was like, Great. That's You can hear us think of the name, if you yeah. know, like, Episode One, Wild Doodling.
0: That's so interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm
1: glad you find it fascinating. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So, did you experience any pitfalls when you first started anything that, um, for anyone that's listening that might want to start a podcast, anything Mm -hmm. that you think they should probably avoid, anything that they should probably double down on?
1: Double down on learning how audio works. Yeah. If you don't know how audio works, good luck to... Yeah, uh,
0: it's important. Or know
1: someone who knows audio. Um, bad audio is so unfortunate and I have a lot of instances of bad audio in the beginning of my podcast and I even went to school where I had to do a lot of audio. So, um, equipment's a big deal. Yeah. You're going to have to invest Mm -hmm. or you're going to have to know somebody who's invested already.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Otherwise, the only thing I can say is try to check with someone that what you're saying is worth hearing.
0: Okay. (laughs) Because I think
1: a lot of people think, I really like this. Mm -hmm. It's worth hearing. It's like, if you've ever met someone who's telling you a story, mm-hmm. and it's the worst story you've ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I love you as a person. But like, yeah. this story is complete trash. Yeah. And no one wants to hear it. And mm-hmm. if you're a good friend, or your close friend you're close friends, you're going to be. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going to be Benjamin, honest. It's yeah. a shit story. You <laughs> really can't tell it because you're bad at telling it. And yeah. no one wants to hear I want to save you socially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, bounce it off somebody who's, yeah. like, real honest with you, like, mm-hmm. in a nice nice way, not a jerk way. Yeah. And say, like, is this really something that you would want to hear mm-hmm. in the way I'm telling it? Um, and then you just—it's good. It's good to remind yourself that it's a learning experience. And if you have mm-hmm. no intention of changing the way you do things once you start, probably not for you. Yeah,
0: no, i, I, I think that's hundred percent true, and I'm going to take those to heart. <laughs> uh, it's
1: me secretly telling you. Yeah, you're that's you're crap. this. <laughs> this
0: was me secretly getting some advice live. Um, no, I couldn't agree more on that. <laughs> I think. Think that getting that feedback is obviously very important and sharing it with the people Rating that are going to be on. Rate
1: subscribe honest. for this podcast. Yeah. do rate and review.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Um. Thank you. You're <laughs> no, but a hundred percent true. Um. So one of the most interesting things that I think that uh, you've experienced in your life that not too many people and I haven't experienced yet is mm. traveling overseas. Yes. And. Um, I think that from what I've heard and what I think of what a lot of people say is it's, it's similar in some ways, but it's very, very different in other ways. Uh-huh. Um, and so you were able to travel to Paris, yeah. correct? And that was for like a full semester, right? Or a full year? Five months. Okay. So you've had a lot of time overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also documented it all in the, in the Claris vlogs. Oh,
1: yes. So you can, <laughs>
0: you can look those up. Um it's a
1: learning experience, some judgment.
0: Exactly, but this is this is what this is as well, the podcast. Yeah, it's true. Um, wh- what do you think is the is the most exciting thing that you found while you were living over there?
1: Exciting the that I found. Um Man, I could I could learn everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I love learning things, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was like every moment was like what's this? Mm-hmm it was just like I could always discover something and I don't think I would have been happier. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I already loved, I love languages. I love, mm-hmm. obviously, communication. And I liked the little differences. So I would be like, like one time, they were eating mustard in my host family on something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my oldest host brother was like, Oh, that's, and what's the say in French, that's, it is it. And I was like, hmm. What does that mean? Because I thought spicy was pique. And I was like, what's that word? Stop. Immediately. So later I was like, excuse me, what's the difference between these two words that mean spicy? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he was like, this one means it has a lot of spice. Any spice. Thyme. Rosemary.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Spice is here. Pique. Hot. Okay. Peaks me. And I'm like, we have two words for spicy. I was like, we don't have two words for spicy, we're just spicy. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing else to say. It's just spicy. And I just love that, like, there can be this tiny variation in things, Mm or the way people would move their hands, or the way they would speak quietly. You could just tell. Like, I ran into a French person in in New York after I had returned, and Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen French people in a while. And the way he was talking is so delicate, because they speak really low, and they keep their body, like, in towards themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not, like, imposing on their space. They just, like, are with their space. Interesting. And I just, like, I just love that.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I actually uh, have a co-worker who is from a foreign country. I do not remember where, but I think when you were describing how, like, you were so invested and so interested in everything that you saw and you, you were just so happy about all of it, mm-hmm. that is this person to a <laughs> T. He is the happiest person that I've ever seen, and he's scooping ice cream. Like, mm-hmm. he is... It's It's incredible seeing other people, like... Living in the United States because living here and growing yeah, up yes, here,
2: sir,
0: yeah. yeah, and you're kind of desensitized to the joys that is living in this country. Right. But for someone that's outside of that, it's it's a completely new experience, and he's rediscovering or re-showing us what the great aspects of what this country has.
1: Yeah, you really, if you have an interest in culture and people, and you big big underline here, if you're willing to bend to the life of somebody else and not have it be all about you. Go abroad. You will have so much fun. Yeah. It's just so fun to be like, today I'm going to be this kind of person because I'm in this country. Mm-hmm. It is like trying a house. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so what did you notice was probably the biggest difference uh, living abroad than it was uh, back in the United States?
1: Pace of life.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so fast here. Really? I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's like... At least in France, because I can't speak for every okay. other country. You mm-hmm. know France is the best, right? Yeah. So for me... Um, Sundays, nobody did anything. It's Sunday. Nothing's open. Mm-hmm. People are just like going on walks. People are outside like walking around. It's winter. They're trying yeah. to walk in the park because they're like, it's Sunday and chilling out. Yeah. Um, we have drinks outside. Five o'clock, time for drinks. Sit mm-hmm. down and I don't care when it ends. Just until we're wow. done. Um, yeah, dinner didn't have like an ending. Like here it always feels like there's a start end.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: no start and end there. It's just whenever you're there, you experience mm-hmm. it. When you're done experience it, you're done. It just, like, things don't end. Interesting. And I really like that about that, because I often feel very stressed out by time, as you saw, <laughs> 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 which I didn't want to stop, because I was in the middle of explaining something exciting and interesting mm-hmm. to the person I was tutoring, so it was it's really hard for me here to deal with time, because I'm a person who deals with experience instead of time, Yeah, which sounds really hippy-dippy, mm-hmm. and someone who's listening to this is blowing their eyes, and they're like, you just don't like punctual and it's an excuse, yes, <sighs> you're right, that is my excuse, but also, I think it's way prettier than living by it, yeah. talk, talk.
0: No, definitely. Um, in my anthropology class, we actually learned about the whole like autonomy of time and how it mm-hmm. became um, born out of capitalism and the industrial revolution. SMH. Oh my god. Capitalism capitalism. Oh man. Yeah, it was it was a doozy for sure. But I think that's very interesting that um, that France is, is is something kind of like that where they they're not kind of chained to the the illustrious and the um
1: to the big old god of time yeah yeah that and work they will Mm -hmm. they will do anything for their vacation hours they'll go and protest for more than three weeks wow french people love to protest (laughs) always protesting Mm -hmm. seriously always protesting wow if it's like we're taking your work hours and we're slicing this much off of vacation time those people will not work (laughs) <laughs> They'll be like, no, we're not coming. Anybody goes back on vacations.
0: That's crazy. If they do not
1: work more than thirty hours a week or something. Mm-hmm. They won't do. It. I admire them.
0: God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, no, I think that's so fascinating, and I think that every country has something a little bit different, mm-hmm. and it'd be it'd be insane to to try and see and live out those differences. I
1: think it's super important to mm-hmm. just go and see.
0: Yeah, I, and then like especially in today's world because like getting into the whole media discussion of things. Yeah, but yeah. Y- you can be represented and, and those, those stereotypes about a certain country can just be so easily kind of just laid out for you. And that's all you could believe about a country before you even go and see it.
1: Yeah, that I and mean, the other problem I see is, it's, um, well, back to capitalism, mm-hmm. a globalist way of doing things uh, erases a lot of the minutia of culture. Mm-hmm. So it's important to go over and say, "What is your? You tell me what's your culture, and I'm yeah. not going to impose mine on yours. Yeah, because otherwise you just erase your culture with yours.
0: hmm Yeah, you can't have that ethnocentric point of view. No ethnocentrism. Yeah, that's what. Here. Not in this house. Oh man. <laughs> that's the one word I'm taking away from that class. Um,
1: it's, it's very useful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you could bring one thing back, I know that you really liked the the whole. Um, Flow and ease of time, mm-hmm. or, or lack of seriousness with time in France. If there's, but something else. Yeah, I mean, like New Zealanders have Vegemite. You know, people in France have their um, delicious bread. Delicious bread. Yeah. What do you What do you think you would bring back?
1: Does it have to be an item?
0: It does. It can be anything you'd like.
1: Mm-hmm. Does it have to be very French or just international?
0: It can be anything. Yeah.
1: I guess the thing I miss is a variety of language.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Over here, I feel like if I, and I have, I prefer who speak French. We used to go to dinner speak mm-hmm. speak crunched to breakfast. You can't speak a different language here. It's like weird. Yeah. People will really look at you. They'll be mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? That's not, we speak English here.
2: Yeah. And
1: I mean, God, some people put stickers up like, we speak English here. Like, geez, okay, calm down with your English. <laughs> we don't have an official language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just feels like here, there's no, there's nothing but this culture and it's mm-hmm. this language. And I really wish there were more than one language happening at once. Over mm-hmm. there I could speak both of them interchangeably. It's yeah. Not a problem. Mm. Everyone does it. Yeah. So
0: No, I think I I mean being being a person from the United States and in a, a different country it's it's less of you having to learn their culture and more of you being like all right I can survive for a, the this week that I'm here just based on English because other people have adapted to who I am and right. my my culture. You
1: need to adapt to
0: that. Yeah, it's no, it's it's interesting how we are seemingly the only ones that have done that yet Back, way back when, when people coming through Ellis Island, we were the supposed melting pot that right, was yeah, going to have still everything. Right, People
1: push but... Ellis Island people to change their names oh, and not speak their language. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like an American tradition to make everyone be the same, which is ironic.
0: Yeah, right. It's very interesting. Um, all right, so I want to kind of move into the Hallmark questions, the ones that I want to try and ask everyone. And and get this wide variety of, of viewpoints You're like and opinions. Doing a case
1: study in This is yeah. so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I didn't prep you with these. Colin was very caught off guard you know, by a few of them. You didn't of them. I want
1: to be surprised. Yes.
0: All right. Um, starting off with a good one because I love books. But uh, what is the best book do you think that you have read to date?
1: You're saying a half literature major. Yeah. How dare you. Um, best book that I've read to date. Oh, God, that's so hard. I can tell you my favorite book. Okay. Pride and Prejudice is my favorite book. Mm-hmm. It's very basic, bitch. But, <laughs> but I'm not in it for the love story. I'm really not. No? I'm in it for the Bill Roman. To those who don't know, this annoying literary word, it's actually German. It basically means coming of age novel. It usually mm-hmm. means to men. Screw that. i are throwing that the window. Yeah even though linguistically for it mean, fine but like mm-hmm. in this situation Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice is trying to grow up and she's just way too prejudiced mm-hmm. and Mr. Darcy has got too much pride <laughs> and I love the tightness of the story I love the wit I think it's well done and I like the lesson a lot it mm-hmm. just like it reminds you to remember that you're not as cool as you think you are yeah I just think every time I read it I, I see something new and I enjoy it more and Um, it's such a good book. Yeah. But people don't like it because they
0: don't like old languages. Yeah. I also think with the whole, I I don't want to call it old literature, but it is. Um, And I think with with these classic novels that everyone's required to read in high school or Mm -hmm. things like that, I think it takes away some of the joy of it. It absolutely does. I remember reading 1984, which is probably my favorite book. Delicious. My best friend would love you. Oh my God. Um, I, I, like, reading it in school, I really wasn't a fan of it because there was a chapter quiz, there was a test that I had to do, there was a paper I had to do on it, there was a presentation, all of these seeming checkpoints that I, and and extra work I had to do just for the process of reading, Mm -hmm. it stripped away the joy of the story and and, and the fun of it, but then going back and reading it, I think I read it this year again. Mm -hmm. It was one of, it, it became my favorite book.
1: Of God. Oh
0: my God, he's so good. But uh, wh- what's your view on, on the, the education and yeah. sort of not, I don't want to say the destruction of the joy of literature, but.
1: No, it's already, it's already been, yeah. You think so? The humanities are wrecked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you don't value the humanities in culture, who's going to fund it in school? Who's yep. going to teach at nicely in school? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes humanities. Nobody likes to read. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's you know, crazy. You can't really learn things. I no. If you don't like reading because you're bad at it, it's a problem, mm-hmm. and it's not something really that I think anyone should be proud of. Um, as for education, um, there's a good book called Read-Aside by Kelly Gallagher. I don't remember what the author's name is, but read Aside." And it talks about how when we give certain assignments with reading, it does ruin the joy of a book, because the joy of a book is getting lost in the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but there's something called the, uh, the imaginative gap in reading, mm-hmm. and it's something that if you were to write fiction, or write anything at all that's like a piece of something, like a non-fiction book even, um, it's part of our brains that has to compensate for what we're not seeing when we're reading. Mm-hmm. But that's why people really like to read, because they get to make it up and take it where they want. Yeah. Um, but we don't have an imaginative gap Really, we have some of it
2: Mm -hmm. in
1: cinema, in a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. in visuals. Yeah. Right? We have a frame, and there's things outside of the frame, and like maybe audio outside of the frame, and we have to assume certain things about that, but it's not Mm -hmm. nearly as large and um, invasive as a reading imaginary gap. So it's hard to teach people who are growing up on visual to revert to not having a visual. Yeah. So it takes a large amount of discipline. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you're still in school and you struggle with reading and you hate it and you hate the um, the assignments, it's more about finding the people who want to teach you
2: mm-hmm. and
1: realizing they're trying to teach you. Yeah. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's not mean. Yeah. They're trying to help you. Mm-hmm. Some of them aren't. A lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and it's all about a perspective. So okay, you have a list of reading questions that go along with your book. Ugh, how annoying. Or engage with the work you're reading. Mm-hmm. Find a joy, find a new angle in the thing you're reading. Write in your book. Who Mm -hmm. cares if you do it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's really sad. And I really just Mm -hmm. think people need to read more. If you're a parent, you should be reading. Yeah. If your child never sees you reading, why would they want to read? Yeah. I mean, you just have to make it be a culture that understands that it's valuable. And if the culture says, this doesn't matter, it will never matter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, totally. Um, Going back to the imaginative gap, I remember I had to read Ender's Game Mm -hmm. for one of my summer reading assignments. And I saw how thick the book was, and I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But what I was able to do is I casted it in my head. I was like, all right, well, this actor that I know is going to play this character, and Mm -hmm. then this actor I know is going to play that character. And even the smallest things like that Mm -hmm. completely changed the book for me. I was like, okay, cool. Like, Well, I want to see what Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to do when he goes to this. (laughs) Yeah, and and having that, and I would say um, fostering that imaginative gap. Mm-hmm. was was something that changed the reading for me. And so I think that when people are able to start understanding that, like you said, it's going to completely They'll change. launch, right. Yeah.
1: And it takes practice. Yeah. It's ridiculous to be like, I read things all my life, and I read signs on the road. Well, yeah. But you don't read literature. Really. Mm-hmm. So you have to read books. You have to read novels. You have to practice. Mm-hmm. And you can't start from the top. So even if you're 25 mm-hmm. and you haven't read in a while, you, you have to start not with Tolstoy. No. Yeah because you'll hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to start with something at your level. Yeah. And you'll get to Tolstoy. Mm-hmm. And then you can just revel in the beauty of Anna Karnina. Yeah. Except for that one section where he talks about communist farming. <laughs> Even though, fun fact, Tolstoy had thousands of slaves.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun of literature. That's a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Moving forward. <laughs>
1: just chugging along after that yeah.
0: slave comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. Right. Um, So going kind of going away from that imaginative gap uh, and, and going more towards the visual-based media, mm-hmm. if you could describe your life mm. in one Netflix or streaming series show or anything sort of like that, is there anything that you would say is a good representation of your life? Or do you kind of um, associate or kind of empathize with one character on a show?
1: Um, not the character one. Uh, Portlandia is my head. Mm -hmm. I just like irreverent humor and Uh I think everything's funny. (laughs) So like running into someone who says like a sentence in a weird way, I'm like, that made my day. Like I've been thinking (laughs) about that for a long time Uh and I'll tell that story and I'll try to like pretend to be that person but a caricature of that person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Portlandia.
0: Portlandia, yeah. Yeah. I've yet to watch it but I've heard so many good things about it. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Do it (laughs) though.
0: Yeah, no, I mean... I'm trying to think of what I would say. Um, you know, I think I think for me, mm-hmm. I I pull aspects out of my life from different characters yeah. during the shows in which I'm watching. It
1: does seem like you identify a lot with characters.
0: Yeah. So like, I I finished New Girl not mm-hmm. too long ago. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. I tried
1: watching it. I
0: didn't do much. No, you didn't like it. I don't. I didn't
1: find it
0: funny. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's that's your that's your point of view. Yeah. Um, no, but I like there's a character Schmidt on it yes, and he I is, Yeah, completely like bombastic and, and kind of just out there and energetic but also kind of serious at times.
1: Deeply insecure. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, oh, like I kind of I kind of empathize with him. Like yeah. I kind of know where he's coming from when sure. he wants his roommates to clean up the apartment cuz it's dirty like.
2: Mm-hmm. that was
0: at the time when in real life my roommates had a Creepy dirty apartment. Roommate. I yes. was like mm. um But yeah, I, yeah, I think that, I think that with the availability that Netflix has Mm -hmm. and, or not even Netflix, but Hulu and and Amazon Prime and all, streaming, yes, um, I think it's just, it's become so ingrained in conversation now.
1: Yeah, it's like memes where I can just say that's the name? like that vine, my dick fell off and you'd be like I know what she's saying yeah and we'd all laugh but yeah. some like 40 year old would be like what the hell she, she's a girl mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense yeah. why did I ever laugh at that uh-huh. like but yeah it's totally reverent mm-hmm. but it, it, it like translates you all know it
0: yeah, yeah. no I totally agree it's same with cool. vines oh man
1: we uh, my friend Alice and I were talking about how we like talking about modern humor like millennial humor mm-hmm. internet humor almost is like, in, like, a context of, like, art mm-hmm. and, like, why it's humor. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, post postmodern humor. Yeah. And it's, like, post-ironic. So it's no longer ironic. It's beyond ironic. Like yeah. It's not even ironic. It's mm-hmm. just it's absurd. Like, yeah. it's surrealist us. So there's, like, this wonderful post on the internet about how, like, millennial humor is, like, Dada. It's, like, the new wave Dadaism. And it's anti-art. And it's just, like, <laughs> so... Our humor is making sense. It's just, like, a picture of Shrek overlaid with, like, red and then it's just like his face is blown out and we're all like uh-huh ah, yeah mean it means nothing
0: yeah like oh my god that's that's my roommates to a T they find that so funny and I'm, yeah. I just don't understand it you're
1: not being the ironic you're still in the ironic oh movie. yeah
0: I'm still in that no role. you're post
1: ironic but you need to be post post ironic
0: yeah I need to I hope I never get there you quite honestly the I don't think so no you might <laughs> um so moving into something a little bit more serious okay, um if you could reverse one failure, and I know that some people have the viewpoint of like, oh, my I don't.
1: Failure. No, shut up. You have one failure you should have reversed. Yeah. <laughs> At least. And
0: people are like, oh, I don't live in, in a retrospective life. Like, I don't like to look it back and be like, oh, I wish I would have, like, would have, could have, should have. Mm-hmm. But if you could reverse one failure, mm-hmm. which one would, would you think you would choose? And how do you think that would affect you now? Wow. That's a
1: really hard
0: question.
1: Mm-hmm. I would like to start with saying first, um, I don't believe in absolutes. So saying that you never look back at your mistakes as any sort of mistake is I think reductive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm mistake, mistake, mistake. Mm. I mean there's like relationship mistakes, like friends I've been too hard on. Mm-hmm. People I haven't forgiven for too long. mm mm-hmm. Um things I would say that I wouldn't say ever again. Mm-hmm. Um God, that's hard. Yeah. I try not to make many mistakes. Like, I'm yeah. a person who knows a lot about what I do before I
0: do it. Which is a good thing? Sometimes. <laughs>
1: Bad thing other times when you can't make a decision because... Yeah. I also have the misfortune of seeing... Of being overly empathetic—it sounds like I'm complimenting myself. It's not a good quality. Mm-hmm. It's like understanding almost every viewpoint, and then therefore being unable to decide because you will hurt someone inevitably. But it's oh, like impossible yeah. because mm-hmm. you're like I see everywhere, and yeah. well, we'll do this and this. and this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. impossible. No, totally. Um, mistake, man. I like see. I go confidently into my things, and I mm-hmm. let them. I mean. Mm-hmm. Can I be vague?
0: Yeah, go right ahead.
1: I said yes to something too many times I should not have said yes to. Okay.
0: And I yeah. Sometimes yes is not always the correct answer.
1: Sometimes following your heart isn't the best decision.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this one might be even worse than the last question. No, no. Uh, um, but then the last one is a softball, and it's very nice, and it's good you to end are on
1: You're a nice Anderson Cooper.
0: <laughs> I try. Um, what is one thing that you believe that you think others wouldn't agree with you on? It's a tough one.
1: Mm, there's a lot of things, actually. Oh. I think I'm a controversial person.
0: Okay. Um, well, I think that just means that you stand very strongly on what you believe.
1: I do. And sometimes I regret it. But then I go, well, next time I'll try better. Yeah. Um, ju- and this is very general. Just because you can, doesn't mean you shouldn't. And I feel like there's a lot of people who go, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. I will just do it. All right. mm-hmm. But I don't have to like it. But I wanted to do it, and you must like it because I had the bravery to do it. Yeah. No. I still don't like it. No. So, um, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should.
0: I like that one. Yeah. No, I think that is completely valid. Um, you know, if you can, if you have the money to fly to Thailand, that doesn't mean you should if you have six chickens. That's a chickens. softball example. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um.
1: Like, just example, there's this meme on the internet. It's the go, the glob, glob I can't even say it. It's the go glob gab galab It's this creepy animated creature. Okay. And it comes from this, like, extremely overtoned religious movie that's pretending not to be religious, but it's, like, obviously religious.
2: Okay. Um,
1: it's called, like, the something of Struinski or something. Some guy made this animated feature
2: mm-hmm.
1: for over 10 years by himself, funded by himself, and it's awful. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. And he had no experience, and he had no business doing it. Yeah. It's <laughs> so like, and he's kind of a laughing subject <laughs> on the internet, and while it's funny and like good for him for all his passions, man, should he have wasted 10 years on something <laughs> awful that he yeah. had no experience in?
0: hmm I don't think so. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a tough... It's a tough balance to strike between what you might find as a hobby yeah. and what you find as a passion. Right. And that's, oh man, that's a question that it's hard, it's hard to answer for even yourself. Right. Like,
1: and I have no authority. So yeah. even though I'm like, your movie's bad, it's still, it's so Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely. Now we get to my favorite question. Okay. I love asking this question. i um, So if you could have one phrase or thing on a billboard mm-hmm. that everyone could see, so imagine it being in, in Times Square, in New York City, and every person that day, even if they weren't looking at anything else, had the opportunity to look at your billboard and your message. What would you want to put up on that?
1: That's hard, too. This is a softball?
0: Well, no, okay. Maybe it. Maybe it's not a softball. Maybe it's more of a, a feel-good question or, or your happens? own... Fuck you. <laughs> well, you know, maybe some people need to hear that, you know?
1: They're like, you know what? My wife was right, and so was I <laughs> um, <clears throat> Hmm. I mean, all the things I'm thinking of are, like, short and succinct because I feel like for that medium, no one can read a long thing. It's
0: like, I can't read a six paragraph essay. Right, it's yeah.
1: I can't write it long form. Yeah. And then if we know, it, then it's a cliche, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. So forgive me if it's a cliche. <laughs> um, I guess I would say... Be something like, be open to it, Yeah. like be open to learning today. Mm-hmm. Just like reminding people to like just put an extra second of effort into just opening a tiny bit. Yeah, like, how can I learn
0: from this? Yeah, I think that's fabulous. Me too. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I it. <clears throat> yeah, obviously. Um, no, I think I think that's great because. In in U.S. society, I think that people imagine that once you get past college, or maybe even like your master's, doctorate, PhD stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that's that's your learning. Like you're done with your learning. learning. Yeah, like I've accomplished and learned all that there is to learn. Mm -hmm. But I think learning is a daily habit and it's a daily act. And if it's not practiced, Mm -hmm. if you're not open to learning or open to new things, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Yes. Yeah.
1: conversation disagreeing and being okay
0: with yeah mm-hmm.
1: I love that I'm glad you feel that way because I want everyone to feel
0: that way yeah no I think that is fantastic and I would also like you or also like to thank you You're for welcome. being on this podcast so much I really appreciate you taking the time and sitting down yeah. and, and having this wonderful conversation
1: yeah it was an absolute pleasure mm-hmm. I hope people keep listening um, do it and like pointing at the microphone just mm-hmm. so you know that's you figuratively Imagine the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope people continue listening and yeah. get some sweet gas. And
0: yeah,
1: I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you took the plunge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I hope people also listen to anyways. We're pretentious. It's on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and all the other great medium. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, thank you again so much for sitting down. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Viewpoint. Um, and I will come back at you with another guest very soon. Thank you for listening. Yeah.